Section 4 of Iola Leroy, or Shadows Uplifted. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. Iola Leroy, or Shadows Uplifted, by Francis E. W. Harper. Chapter 4 arrival of the union army a few evenings before the stampede of robert and his friends to the army and as he sat alone in his room reading the latest news from the paper he had secreted he heard a cautious tread and a low tap at his window he opened the door quietly and whispered anything new tom yes what is it come in well I's done been seen them Yankees, and there ain't a bit of truth in them stories I's been yearn about em. Where did you see em? Down in the woods, where Master told us to hide. Yesterday old Ma sent for me to come in the sitting room, and what do you think? Instead of making me stand with my hat in my hand while he went through a whole rigmarole, he asked me to sit down, and he told me he expected the Yankees would want us to go into the army, and they would put us in front where we'd all get killed. And I told him I didn't want to go. I didn't want to get all mo-matched up. And then he said, we'd better go down in the woods and hide. Massa Tom and Frank said we'd better go as quick as ever we could. They said them Yankees would put us in their wagons and make us haul like we were mules. Massa Tom ain't living at the great house just now. He's keeping bachelor's hall. Didn't he go to the battle? Nah, he found a poor white man who were hard up for money, and he got him to go. But Tom, you didn't believe these stories about the Yankees. Tom and Frank can lie as fast as horses can trot. They wanted to scare you and keep you from going to the Union Army. I knows that now, but I didn't expect so then. Well, when did you see the soldiers? Where are they? And what did they say to you? They's right down in Gundover's woods, and the general's got his headquarters almost next door to our house. That near? Oh, you don't say so. Yes, I do. And, oh, golly, ain't I so glad. I just stole yer to told you all about it. Yesterday morning I was splitting some wood to get my breakfast, and I met one of them Yankee soldiers. Well, I was so scared, my heart flew right up in my mouth. But I made my manners to him and said, Good morning, Massa. He said, Good morning, but don't call me Massa. That were the first white man I ever see that didn't want to be called Massa, even if he was poor as Job's turkey. Then I began to feel right sheepish, and he asked me if my Massa were at home, and if he were a rib. I told him he hadn't gone to the war, but he was secesh all through, inside and outside. He were too old to go to the war, but that he were all the time grunting and groaning, and I spected he'd grunt himself to death. What did he say? He said he specs he'll grunt worse than that for they get through with him. Then he asked me if I would have some breakfast, and I said, No, thank you, sir, and I was just as hungry as a dog, but I were feared to eat. I were feared he were going to pison me. Poison you? Don't you know the Yankees are our best friends? 
but if that's so, I's mighty glad, cause de woods is full of dem. Now, Tom, I thought you had cut your eye teeth long enough not to let them Anderson boys fool you. Tom, you must not think because a white man says a thing, it must be so, and that a colored man's word is no account alongside of his. Tom, if ever we get our freedom, we've got to learn to trust each other and stick together if we would be a people. Somebody else can read the papers as well as Moss Tom and Frank. My old miss knows I can read the papers, and she never tries to scare me with big whoppers about the Yankees. She knows she can't catch old birds with chaff, so she is just as sweet as a peach to her Bobby. But as soon as I get a chance, I will play her a trick the devil never did. What's that? I'll leave her. I ain't forgot how she sold my mother from me. Many a night I have cried myself to sleep thinking about her, and when I get free I mean to hunt her up. Well, I ain't told you all. The German said he were crootin' for the army, that Massa Lincoln had set us all free, and that he wanted some more soldiers to put down them secesh, that we should all have our freedom, our wages, and some kind of money. I couldn't call it like he did. Bounty money, said Robert. Yes, that's just what he called it, bounty money. And I said that I were in for that, teeth and toenails. Robert Johnson's heart gave a great bound. Was that so? Had that army with freedom emblazoned on its banners come at last to offer them deliverance if they would accept it? Was it a bright, beautiful dream, or a blessed reality soon to be grasped by his willing hands? His heart grew buoyant with hope. The lightness of his heart gave elasticity to his step, and sent the blood rejoicing through his veins. Freedom was almost in his grasp, and the future was growing rose-tinted and rainbow-hued. All the ties which bound him to his home were as ropes of sand, now that freedom had come so near. When the army was afar off, he had appeared to be light-hearted and content with his lot. If asked if he desired his freedom, he would have answered very naively that he was eating his white bread and believed in letting well enough alone. He had no intention of jumping from the frying-pan into the fire, but in the depths of his soul the love of freedom was an all-absorbing passion. Only danger had taught him caution. He had heard of terrible vengeance being heaped upon the heads of some who had sought their freedom and failed in the attempt. Robert knew that he might abandon hope if he incurred the wrath of men whose overthrow was only a question of time. It would have been madness and folly for him to have attempted an insurrection against slavery with the words of McClellan ringing in his ears. If you rise, I shall put you down with an iron hand and with the home guards ready to quench his aspirations for freedom with bayonets and blood. What could a set of unarmed and undisciplined men do against the fearful odds which beset their path? Robert waited eagerly and hopefully his chance to join the Union Army, and was ready and willing to do anything required of him by which he could earn his freedom and prove his manhood. He conducted his plans with the greatest secrecy. A few faithful and trusted friends stood ready to desert with him when the Union Army came within hailing distance. When it came, there was a stampede to its ranks of men ready to serve in any capacity, 
to labor in the tents, fight on the fields, or act as scouts. It was a strange sight to see these black men rallying around the stars and stripes when white men were trampling them underfoot and riddling them with bullets. End of section four. Recording by James K. White. Chula Vista.